Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. <laughs> the views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. Audible. First night, again, it is uh, very interesting, the type of uh, things we got to go through today, KT. How you feeling this evening? I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready for this uh, debut edition of the Audible. I know, man. This is so exciting, right? Like, we talked about it on the last, uh, on Inside the League on Friday, right, that we were doing this show. And it's such a different dynamic doing this, right? But I'm so excited because it's something different. We're able to now share our ideas, opinions, and everything else. And and honestly, you know, give the league some more content. And I think that's the most exciting part of tonight. So I appreciate you coming on tonight and, and us getting this uh, show on the road. And that intro, very, very nice. I, I appreciate it. What, uh, what made you go with that intro? Uh, I literally just watched the Tribe Call Quest documentary the other day, so that song was literally in my head. <laughs> so I was thinking about it, I'm like, this would kind of work for the show right now. No, I, I definitely agree. I think this uh, <laughs> the song that you chose was amazing, and, and, and basically uh, what you also put with the beginning is awesome. So it, de- it definitely gives us some, uh, some street cred out here uh, <laughs> versus – Versus what I was thinking on doing, so I appreciate you adding a little bit of spice on here as well. So, again, guys, this will be a show where you'll be able to call in, call into the show. We do have a Discord, so we'll be uh, checking out on that as well uh, to see if anybody is in the chat chatting it up with us tonight. Uh, We are live tonight, so that means you can call in. Uh, KT, if you want to give them the number as well as the Discord information, that would be great. The number to call in is 516-418-5467. Discord is inside the SFL. So um, as Nelson said, we're hosting a show, but we want you guys to call in and help control the show as well based on what we talk about and the topics uh, in addition. Yeah, so it's going to be a jam-packed show tonight. Uh, We're talking about um, the SFL championship. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about free agency. We're going to talk about draft, mocks, mocks, reactions. Do those make sense? Does it seem like anything that, you know, we may think a little bit differently? Um, and then try to give some insight uh, prior to the draft, which is end up, ends up being this uh, Saturday, if I'm, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which will be very exciting. Uh, KT, did you get to catch any of the, uh, the championship uh, the other night? I did. I did. I had a podcast I wanted to do, so I only got up about midway through the fourth quarter, but – from what I saw, it was one of those okay. games where it was really slow going, but after halftime, you start seeing action kind of pick up and thing in the, the a really business picked up in that second half. Yeah, and that's what I noticed too. A lot of folks were saying that it was uh, it took a little bit of a pace, right? They were very close on what was going on, and Albuquerque was the one to take the lead first. Um, then all of a sudden, boom! Birmingham comes, gets up to fourteen. Um, and then <laughs> here goes Albuquerque right back. Uh, it makes this a very, very close game. Um, 
And honestly, I mean, so I have to I have to correct myself now because I did make a mistake. I said, hey, um, that we didn't actually have any Adam players on our on our squad. So I was going with Birmingham, and I have to take that back for my man Chris Stotch. Chris Stotch actually played with the Adams on uh, the first season, and uh, I have to give my apologies. But his, uh, I guess you can call it alma mater, right? You know, mm-hmm. coming from that organization, ended up getting a win in the second season, and now are in the ranks of, you know, Madison Lynx, who won the first time. So now it's Madison Lynx and Albuquerque Adams, uh, the two teams who have won the championship so far. I have to talk about P.J. Slaughter, who became – uh, probably my favorite quarterback, whether we talk SLF, uh, SFL, or the minor league, the way he plays and the way he kind of stepped up in the pocket, a lot of times that pocket collapsed around and that pressure was coming, and dude just stepped up and just threw passes out there. That was like the, one of the, the best parts of watching that game yesterday was seeing him just elude that pass rush for the entire game. So he became my ultimate quarterback in this entire league from top to bottom, completely. Yeah, and, and I think, again, P.J. Slaughter has – you know, last season I felt like he did well, and I know that he wasn't on the top of the of the board. And I really felt like he came into into his own this game and really dominated. I think Christian Brown did really good, too, for the Birmingham Fuel, right? He kept them in games. Um, and Riley Quintero had, like, a killer game. Like, um, I think somebody was saying that he had, like – he was the player of the game, I know that for a fact. But I was told that he uh, he got like 182 yards, which is like crazy on what uh, uh, you know in the SFL M to get that type of yardage. Uh, you know, Riley is also a second year uh, you know minor player, uh, which is in his advantage, right? But definitely gave himself an opportunity when it comes down to his draft to have you know again a fighting chance to get drafted, right? And, and the draft, like I said, is on this Saturday, so it's going to be uh, two days should be the first round on Monday uh, – sorry, on Saturday. And then uh, Sunday will be rounds two and three. Um, so I think, again, you know, Birmingham – a lot of Birmingham players and a lot of Adam players gave themselves a really good opportunity uh, to potentially get drafted. Remember, like we, we were talking about before, uh, for, for rookies, right? Hey, um, you definitely got to make sure you put yourself out there. If you don't, then you could potentially be missing out. Um but I think, again, uh, it, at the end of the day, ended up being where a lot of people got, I think, seen. And, and I've heard a couple of Birmingham players say, hey, they just got um, – they basically just got, like, interviews with some, some major teams in the top ten uh, just because of what their performance was for that championship game. So I'm very excited. Again, for those folks who don't know, it ended up being 14-19, to 19, Albuquerque getting the win. But the last quarter was really exciting, man, like I said. Albuquerque took the lead at first. Then we had Birmingham come back, and I really thought Birmingham had it, right? I was like, man, Birmingham is going to – as long as they can hold out, um, they, they they potentially could go ahead and win this. Out of nowhere, they came through, got the touchdown, Albuquerque, and then um, and then boom, you know, just a field goal and got themselves ahead of the game, and uh, that's basically all she wrote. So it was very exciting. Uh, I'm going to pull up really quickly to see exactly how – uh, the game panned out in the sense of stats wise. Um, did you who did you end up picking for for to win that championship? I actually 
I picked Birmingham. <laughs> I told you before. You picked Birmingham? Okay. I picked Birmingham. I picked Birmingham. There's two points that I really want to point out. I think Quintero got himself a spot. He's getting drafted because I think 12 catches, 182 yards is nothing to kind of poo-poo. Like, that was a big game. The other point was, and early on, I think Ryan Yosef said a few times that Randy Squarebush was really kind of dominating the game and Birmingham was really dominating the running game. And then they almost, not out of necessity almost, but they almost went away from the running game that was so successful early. And Christian Brown tried his best to do four picks, including the pick six. So, you know, the, the running game was working really well. They weren't really losing. The game's really close. And they kind of went away from the running game, which I think was kind of like that, was kind of like that tipping point between a win and a loss for Birmingham. I think they stayed with the running game, kind of ran that clock down, not allow PG Slaughter and Albuquerque to get the ball back as much. They would be in a better spot. And I think that really played a role in uh, Albuquerque winning the championship. Yeah, I think I think it was a, a full team effort when I'm when I'm looking at how the stats went, right? Because if you look at the stats, you would have been like, man, definitely Birmingham should have won it. But total yards, Birmingham had 416 versus the Albuquerque's 292. Uh, passing yards mm-hmm. uh, is where really Birmingham shined with 348 yards with uh, 68 yards in rushing, and then for the Albuquerque Adams, it was 250 yards uh, passing and 42 yards rushing, and uh, again two passing TDs versus one. Uh, and, again, you know, this, right, so they took the early lead at first. And then turnovers, Birmingham had four turnovers versus the two. So, again, if you looked at just those statistics, you would think, man, um, honestly, Birmingham should have won it. But I think it's the execution piece um, that we're missing on here. But, again, Christian Brown, 32 uh, completions. Out of 51 attempts, he was 62.75% uh, completion. And he had those two uh, touchdowns with four interceptions, right? And then you had mm-hmm. uh, P.J. Slaughter, who had 21 completions of 29 uh, attempts, had him at a 72.41, 251 yards, had one pass TD, but then had one interception. So, again, not a lot of takeaways, and that was really good. When it came down to the defense side, uh, you have Eric Gugger Gug, Gug, and uh, Josh Farzee of the uh, the linebacker and the free safety, respectively, at eight uh, tackles, which is amazing. Both had uh, one tackle for loss, uh, but Gugger ended up having two pla- pass deflections. Um, and the person who got the uh, interception was Tom Krieg. Uh, but when it came down to the Albuquerque Adams, we have Ray, uh, Ryan Ray, linebacker, with six tackles, uh, one pla- pass deflection, and then you have uh, John Stamengo uh, with five tackles, um, and that's basically his night. With the ones that ended up getting the interception, it was a credit to uh, Marco Swift, which Marco Swift was having a, a, a hell of a game. One pass deflect, uh, one interception for 12 yards that he, he went for his longest uh, there. And then the, the other person who got the interception was Adam Leach. So, honestly, the uh, DBs really had an amazing game there, really kept – the uh, Birmingham and check and took those four takeaways that ended up happening uh, really sealed the game for Birmingham. So it's very exciting. Like, like you said, I think uh, Riley gave himself an opportunity, right? 182 yards. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, his yards per reception was a 15.2. His longest run was 72 yards. Like that is ridiculous. And he had 14 targets. Um, so definitely did his thing for his team. And then when it came down to uh, Albuquerque, 
it looks like we have here um, Nate Ritters, who had uh, the most at, with uh, 107 yards. His yards per reception is ridiculous, 21.4. Like, my man was, was booking and had a longest of, of 51 yards. So, I think, again, seeing this game on paper, you're like, man, this is crazy. Uh, but shout-outs to the Adams for winning, you know, being the second team to win the championship. And uh, definitely had, uh, congratulations to Jason Williams and the rest of his staff on what they were able to accomplish. So, um, very excited there uh, with, with uh, what I was seeing. Now, let's kind of talk about a little bit, uh, you know, still sticking with the SFL, right? I don't want to SFLM. I don't want to get far away yet. But let's talk about there was some controversy, right? So, are you able to fill us in on, on what was going on in SFLM? Yeah, there was uh, some conversation going on um, in the in the SFL I guess, chat about some of the rules concerning players um, who are currently in the minor league system trying to get a spot in in I guess the main system. And I guess the controversy kind of came from how a lot of these guys, specifically skilled positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Um, May not have a fair shake in getting to the main the main spots with the main twenty four teams, and there was some conversation about how players within the league would retire and then return again, pretty much right after. And um, the, the conversation went on for a while, and you know, and this is a this, this audible. We're not going to duck topics. This is an important topic that kind of goes with the league as a whole. Yeah. So it's just a really interesting conversation about almost the protocols of how this happens, how when players retire, should there be a penalty for it? Should they be allowed to come right back into the league after they retire? So, you know, I, I thought about this and I, you know, I'm, I'm of the mind and I was lucky enough to join that, join the league without going through the minor system. So I was lucky enough to do that. Yeah. There was a lot of guys yeah. in the league who are kind of just hustling and going through trying to get that spot. And there are times when players, and I'm talking about more so, you know, in a situation that I went through last year, um, and Ben as well, with Chicago, now L.A., where it will be easy to kind of retire and say, I don't want to deal with the the highly documented situation that happened in Chicago last year, duck out, and then come back. So one player yeah. mentioned how this should be either you retire and you either drop back to the minor league system, for a season, or you sit out a whole the whole next season and give other players, especially and they mentioned wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs more so than anyone else because those positions are pretty much well tenured. If you're in those positions, you're not going anywhere. Those are really interesting conversation yeah. that was had um, amongst amongst players and amongst the, the the administration of the SFL. The deputy commissioner was there and he was having a conversation. So it was a conversation that everyone hopped in on. I thought it was really important topic to bring up here because it affects the entire league from top to bottom. Yeah, and, and, and that's the part that's a little bit tricky, right? And com- the commissioner kind of shared a little bit about, like, hey, um, like, his, he's always thinking about the, the player experience. So, like, with him, he's like, look, this is, a ch- this is a, honestly a real challenge because you want to make sure that that the people that are there are that are already in the majors are you know again having an opportunity and 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 you know finding where their right homes are at and whatnot and and it's a real problem where you have people who 
are are paying money as well, right? And and they're in the minors hoping to get that experience, and then that kind of gets taken away. Now, I'm from the thought of, hey, look, I understand. Like, if you really do want to be in the in the majors, then cool. Uh, you know, find find a way in there, find another uh, a position or or whatever the case may be. But then it ends up being a situation where um, you may not be in the position you want to be. And and for somebody who's paying, I guess that ends up being a very difficult situation. And I know there's talent there. Like, again, um, Kevin Say, right, for example, an amazing player. Like, I honestly did not expect – like, I thought one of the two teams were going to get him, right? Like, hands down. I was like, man – San Diego or or, or, or D.C. is going to get this guy, and we have no chance, right? But then you see all these mm-hmm. signings come through, and then you see all 24 teams have signed a running back. And you just see here, like, man, that dude is talented. Like, for him to not get drafted the second draft in a row, I know it has to be difficult. And, and Kevin is such a great – like, I respect Kevin as a man, as a father, as well as an SFL player. So when I saw that, I reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, how are you doing? And, and reaching out to, to show humility because I respect the man. Like I, when I tell you that, when I respect somebody, I go out there and I, and I, and I reach out and I make sure they're okay. But it was a very pill, a difficult pill to swallow. And you and, and Ben showed me and said, hey, Nelson, uh, there's a lot of heated words. And I think, again, it's finding that right mix. I think the SFLM is a perfect, perfect segue into the league. You might have not experienced it. I experienced it, actually, after my season 14. So after I went non-contract and did my season 14, I got put into the minors, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, the experience to be in with other rookies, right, to be in other situations, it's amazing. But I can only imagine how it feels when you go through that and you're excited to get bigger competition and better competition, you know, uh, be able to be part of a, a, a major league team and then get that point where you're disappointed. And I found out, I didn't even know this, you have a two-season limit in the SSLM. Mm-hmm. And then you reset. Which, I think the, and then you reset. I think the bigger, yeah. Yeah, I think the bigger, the bigger issue is, and I think it became not just the, the resetting was a huge kind of a huge statement that was made within this conversation. And if you want to call in, chime in 516-418-5467. But also that I think the retirement thing really became an issue. And I think think the league is evolving. I think it's constantly changing, constantly moving, and the ball is constantly moving. I think there needs to be some type of rule where if you retire, let's say the middle of this coming season, you either have to sit out the following season or – you go to the minors for a season. That way it opens up positions for other guys. There's a couple teams who aren't really drafting because they're full, essentially. Yeah. Like, so they're not really yeah. pick, making picks this weekend. So there's a lot of guys in the, in, the, in the M who won't have a job, but stay in the M or, worst case, their player resets. So it, I feel like it's a lot of conversation to be had. And like I said, the league is evolving, but I definitely think they need to look at this and kind of figure out, okay, how can we make this work not just for the major league team, but also for the minor guys. I, the word customer kept popping up, and I think it's not so much being a customer because we do, you know, there's money being, you know, being paid for this, but it's just the, it's just the feeling of knowing 
okay, I'm on Portland. You know, I'm 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 on DC. I'm on San Diego. That's what they want. So I think it's not so much the customer point of it, but it's just knowing that I'm on this major team that I can compete for SFL championship up here on 11 Sports TV, up here on Florida Fans, stuff like that. So I think that's the bigger argument. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, like, I know this became a really huge thing last season, right? When we got Matt South, uh, Matt South had retired for a little bit, and that kind of started the conversation, right? Because people were like, how is Matt South going to come out? You know, at that time, Derek Majors was in the in the league. Um who else was, was Cameron Curtis, right? Um, trying to think who else. Brian Dynasty. And it was somebody else I felt like came out. Ace Fennick, right? Like, these are, like, quarterbacks now. And, and again, we have Derek Majors on our team. Shout out to Derek, right? He's a strong leader. Um, and and I, I appreciate every time that he, he went ahead and, and decided to be our starting cornerback, right? He is a beast. And, uh, and all kudos to him, right? But that was huge controversy. And for the time, you know, we knew if we went that other route that we may not get the performance or the opportunity to have a high-grade person because, you know, South came in at, at a high contract um, to to allow us to be competitive. And that's the part that kind of is the, is the slippery slope. You want to be competitive. Nobody wants to sit here and be the worst in the league, right? Like, you really don't. And there's some teams that are already established that, honestly, it's really hard unless a free agent says, hey, I want to come over to your, to your organization, for them to want to take a chance. Because a lot of people know, hey, going to a team their first season is, is going to be trash. So in our situation, for us to get somebody like that, right, um, it, it was just, again – the opportunity was there, and and it, and it again to have a quarterback who's a veteran and who understands this game, it, it was huge. Now again, people want to talk about well, he look what he did versus what Brian Dynasty did, and Brian Dynasty had an amazing rookie season, right? Like I will not discredit him for it, but if they understand from the viewpoint of a starting organization, sometimes you doing that gives you the quickest bump to be competitive. Nobody wants to get blown out, right? But then you look mm-hmm. at the other side of people talented, right? Like like Derek Majors. Like I would, the day that he didn't get drafted, the last team chose their quarterback. I reached out to Derek and I was like, "Man, like, hey, keep your head up. Like, you're amazing. Like, if you hear Derek speak, like that dude is like, I want to bust through walls for him. He speaks so eloquently, and he's he's such a so so great at articulate articulating. Like he like I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal because he plays for Portland. I'm like, I literally reached out just like I did with Kevin say to, to just help people who I respect so much continue on the face to say, Hey, don't, don't let this get you down. Like you're going to get to a place. You're going to be in the right spot where you feel like you deserve. And I mean, again, like it sucks. It does. And I think it's something we do need to see from my understanding. There is, there was a change though in the rule. Um, or either it was a change or it was something discussed. And, and again, it was bringing back in people who were uh, previously playing that do take a bump down. And that you can see that with um, the quarterback that uh, DC signed, right? Um, the running back DC signed is a, um, is a, a, a owner player, right? So we won't count that mm-hmm. in, in that situation. Yeah, that might have took a spot. 
But that is an owner player, so it's not like bringing somebody back. You know, again, I understand that it did take a spot, but I do, from the outside looking in, too, I do understand that he probably did that move to be competitive, right? To get the things done and, and, and roll in a certain fashion so DC can come out and be competitive. Same thing with San Diego. San Diego got um, a player out of retirement, uh, uh, Denzel Maverick, right? Who was a boss DT, went in retirement, came back out, and now he's their DN. And they have like some killer DNs in, 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 in San Diego, right? So, again, like, I understand that side of it. I understand why they might have done certain things. And it sucks. It really does suck from the other side. And I think the league, I think Cam's going to figure it out. I have all faith in Cam and the owners to really think of something that is a balance for the two because you got to think of it in multiple facets, not just for the player, but then for the league in its own. And if you're not competitive, then you, you can end up missing out on that. And honestly, our subscriptions are what helping us grow into the organization, but also give us more quality of a product. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, one, I definitely think the conversation that was had and the back and forth, I know the back and forth, if you didn't know what was happening, you thought it was getting heated. I really thought it was a respectful conversation. And it was one player talking to the deputy commissioner saying, listen, I have a problem with this. And then eventually people start chiming in with their own opinions, and that's what it's for, that you want that, that type of that – not just the leadership, and, but the ability to have a, that conversation and have a spirited conversation about it. I do believe they have to make a change like this in order to kind of not so much keep people happy, but just to kind of keep a flow of players going too. Eventually, and you see it in major leagues all over players, eventually the league gets stale. You want to see some new blood and see some new faces come in and you saw a lot of good players yesterday in that championship game. You want to see some of those players come in and make an impact with the with the major team. So it's going to be this, it's a it's a balancing act kind of that the league kind of has to figure out. Okay, how do we keep our current major teams competitive, like you said, but also bring these guys up who are killing it right now in the minors, who are ready to make that jump and help a team compete for championships. So it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the league approaches this. Obviously not now, because I think we're past this point, but probably in the following offseason. Yeah. And if any rookies are listening, I would love for you guys to chime in. Again, the phone number is 516-418-5467. Or you can connect with us on our Discord channel. Our Discord channel is inside the league. You can come in. Um, there is a section uh, in our Discord channel, which is live show. And there's a chat section as well as the question section. So if you're not comfortable in being on live radio, completely understand uh, for that reason, we created a chat area and a question area. So if you want to chat with us, you can. Or if you have a question that you do want us to answer on air or read your response, we'd be happy to do so. But I think, again, yeah, it's, it's like you want to see that fresh talent, but then you see the teams that are successful who go to the championship. They're the teams that stick together, right? So we have Baltimore who just won it, but it was Baltimore versus Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls barely loses anybody to free agency. Like barely, right? And you mm-hmm. see what success they get. Denver, yeah, they might have took some hits with some of their people, but for the most part, that nucleus is still the same, right? Uh, Jared McChesney, uh, uh, Josh Miller, right? Like, those guys have been there. Giacomo Jones. Like, these are the core nucleus of them. Kramer Jackman, 
Um, so when that team sticks together, and you, yes, you added some rookies to it, right? I think they only added three rookies last season. Still, with that nucleus, right? That's 20 positions, and out of those 20 positions, three were available. That's 17 players that returned back to that team, which is the secret sauce that you need to have. You need to keep people to also want to stay with your organization because you do that. You, you want to progress with them, and everybody's kind of building together. You can build your game plan consistently and constantly hammer at it because you're, you have your team together. So it's such like a slippery slope on what – like you want to see the talent, but you also have to retain your team members, right? Then you also mm-hmm. – like it's so much going on, but I'm sure after season 16 it's going to be even a, even bigger discussion because the league did listen, right? Like – they, they stopped the capping of, of silver, right? Like before, for the people that came out last season, the most you could be is a silver. Now, this season there was no cap. So for those teams like San Diego and, um, and uh, uh, D.C., that's perfect. You can get to your cap a lot quicker and get the best players for that, that available position. But not everybody can fit in that, 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 that situation. And you're going to have other teams speak to players and say, hey, we may have to bring you down because of the cap or because of whatever situations that may happen. So I think, again, it, it, it's, it's going to take a few seasons for them to figure out what works. But Cam heard their voices about that cap, and look at that. It's gone away, right? Um, you have, you know, he hears the, that's one thing that I love about this league, that they do definitely hear these things and try to find a solution. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be very hard to find a win-win situation, right? There's only a few options you could really do. Are you going to increase the roster space, right? So allowing us to have more than 20 players. That could be a consideration, but there's going to be some players still not picked up because even though, yes, we open more positions, that could be, I don't know, a fourth wide receiver, a second tight end, a you know, your whole offensive line. Um a punter, like these are positions that aren't going to be tasty, right, for anybody. They're going to sit here and be like, well, I don't really want to do that, right? And then you get into that situation, like, because the, the, the whole situation last season with this, the, the um, supplemental draft, that was a huge controversial, controversial thing because people were strategically picking folks later in the rounds, just so they can cap their things to silver. That's like, it honestly didn't play out the way that you were hoping to. Like, if you look at our draft, for example, right, we drafted based on the need, right, based on what we saw, right, the value, DP. DP was the best defensive tackle to come out, Right. So we went with VP because that was, like, the best opportunity. I didn't think about grabbing somebody in the supplemental and saying, hey, let's do We love VP, by the way. That man is a staple of our defense. And we knew that. So regardless if we could have got him later and given him more. Oh, hold on, Nelson. We, we, like actually, we actually have a caller. We have a caller from the 603 area code. Uh, caller name, where are you calling from? Hello, you're live. Hello, caller. 603. Hey, guys, what's up? Sorry I'm late calling in. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's, it I looks just like woke it's up, actually. I remember. 
you can't add more positions because even if you do add more positions, you may run into where they're not, you know, the most desired position. So what's the other option? Now, I heard somebody, I heard um, uh, uh, Ross Napoli of the Los, uh, Louisiana Revolution mention a, a regression program. Right? After a period of time, your player, vets players regress, right? So there becomes a point yeah. where either A, the, the vet regresses, and then he just restarts again. Like, hey, look, I might as well just restart and start a new player and kind of start that process again. But, you know, Commissioner was like, I'm not a big fan of that, right? And he even mentioned, too, that maybe, you know, he's like, I could do a making this more expensive. But then what does that do to everybody? Yeah, that weave out some people. But overall, this, if that's what's best for the league. And I honestly, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, what, what other options could really be out there to try to find a happy middle ground? Because not everybody's going to win, right? There's going to be one side that benefits, and there's going to be another side that doesn't. So how do you help the side that does benefit from this versus the side that doesn't? You can take this, Ben. <laughs> yeah, this is this – is, I was in the uh, conversation the other day, the commissioner, that, and it, it's really hard. Ah, this is a tough question because – one, you don't want to lose people, but at the same time, you're going to have to do something because there's just too many people taking the QB and RB positions. Like, I, I get why uh, a guy like Kevin Say is going to be disappointed that if he doesn't get drafted because he's been in the uh, the SFLM two years now, uh, prepared to be taken, and now there's no running back positions, and he can't switch to any other one. And he's going to have to – I think I think there's a two-year limit um, on players, so you have to restart your progression. And it's just kind of unfair. It's it's done to, you know, I, I don't know, guess get people to be drafted or, you know, so there's not too many people at one position. But I think people should also realize that if you're going to pick a position like QB or running back, you're going to have to fight people over the position. Like last year was such a odd year, not odd, but that's not the best choice of words, but because there were so many openings at the QB position that there could be people drafted. But now that, you know, quarterbacks aren't retiring or there's no openings in free agency, no, no QB is going to get drafted, and there's no supplemental draft. Like, KT and I were part of a draft where we could switch our position in the fifth or seventh round. Obviously, we're going to be yeah. a base copper, but we could, you know, switch our position. So if you opted into that, you're fine. But they're not having that this year, so because that caused a yeah. whole boatload of problems. And I, I don't know if there's an easy solution for this yet. Like you mentioned before, I, I've I've – been a fan of regression uh, like when you reach your like 10th year or 11th year or something like that your player starts to you know not every stat but maybe speed goes down a bit um, maybe awareness goes down a bit because that's that's the case in real life once you start getting in your 10th 11th 12th season you're not as good as you were when you were younger you're not as fast as you were but I, I don't know I don't I wouldn't be a fan of the price going up um I just I don't 
I think the price is good where it is right now, and just the amount of options you have to pay for it. Um, I I just I don't agree with the price increase. I wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, I think you yeah, were just really point- mentioning that. Well, I was just saying, I just think he was just mentioning that as in a sense of, like, he could be petty like that, right? And just say, hey, it's mm-hmm. going up, yep. right? The price, is, yep. the price of emissions is going yep. up. And um, I think I think he was just mentioning that to folks to say that's not the direction he wants to go, right? He wants to keep this in a, in a form affordable, yes, but it's very difficult to kind of teeter on what's going to be the best solution. And it's really going to take some time. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, we, we had the first season go by, right? And he added two expansion teams. So that gave a lot more space, right? Not not a boatload, but it gave more space, right? And we, at that time, got, I don't want to say the short end of the stick, but the best opportunity to draft. Where at that time, we drafted 13 rookies. But, and then he added three more positions as well that, you know, you didn't have to, essentially didn't go against your cap. So, it, 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 again, it, it tried to start helping with that scenario, and then came the supplemental, which people hated because there were players out there who either A, was never involved with the with the minors, right, which we benefited from, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. There's certain things that I can't really fight because we benefited from. Example, uh, you know, Robert Breyer. Robert Breyer didn't play in the minors, but he, he is somebody that we knew and we understood and we trusted and and we gave him a position to be a DN, and we gave him a really good contract, right? So we mm-hmm. benefited from that, right? Derwin Wavo. Now, Derwin was in, in the minors, right? But we were able to give him a little bit of bump to move to DS, right? So the supplemental round, the supplemental draft worked, but I felt like, like I was telling KT earlier, people tried to be strategic with it. and say, cool, I'm going to get this lower player at the later, right? and get them in a position that they want because they were a great fit to our organization, and then that pissed off other people, right? Hmm. I think the biggest drama that happened from that was the Zach Taylor, right? Oh, sorry, Zach Turner. And, and, you know, Zach Turner coming out, he'd never been part of the SFLM and got a huge contract with London, which he still holds on to today, which, you know, Houston gave him a nice contract as well, so congratulations to him. But that was a huge controversy. Like, people were, like, in uproar. They were like, how did this guy get this, you know, contract? And I went through the minors, and this is what I want to do. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to find a happy solution. It really is. And and, and it's really difficult to, to get to that point. But, KT, you were about to speak. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to kind of share. Like, I know that's not where Cam's mindset is, but where 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 can we go? I mean, it's it's going to be one of those things where it's going to take a concerted effort. It started this weekend. It started with the conversation. Obviously it was a heartfelt conversation. So it's it, in any type of negotiation, any type of agreement, one side's going to get more than the other side, or you have a give and take. I don't know what the give and take is, but there's got to be one because you, you you might lose some people playing in the league because they just don't want to sit around and wait, or they see their player after two yeah. years not go anywhere. So it, it, there's going to be a couple L's taken, but it, it, something, something's got to be done. Like you said, I think Cam is probably on it because I think he saw the conversation. He's probably like, okay, this is something bigger that I might have to look into. So it's just going to take yeah. some time. We actually have another caller, 918. <laughs> 
918. Name, where are you calling from? What's up? This is Ben Jackson uh, from Claremore, Oklahoma, uh, a.k.a. Griffin King. How are you guys doing? All right. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Griffin King? Welcome, welcome. Uh, Do you have any thoughts? I just kind of joined in a a little while ago, but I think kind of the issue we're talking about is, like, people getting a chance at running back and quarterback, basically. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, you know, obviously I – I've kind of been with Annapolis seeing guys come up, try to get a chance and things like that. I think that the next step for the league is probably to, on a limited basis, let the minor league guys uh, get some animations uh, so that they can contend with the veterans. I think that it's a slippery slope because, uh, you know, if you have guys, say, before they hit, like, silver level, getting animations, you can really screw up your build because you can't fix your attributes anymore. But uh, that's really the only thing that a lot of these, for example, like Kevin say, for example, that's really the only reason why his value is not up with some of the better running backs um, in SFL. And I mean, he probably doesn't expect to be top 10 coming in right away, but at least to get like one or two animations so that he can um, be a little bit closer. And like I said, it's not going to be something that guys should get right away, but I think it's the next thing the league needs to talk about. Yeah, I think right. I think it, it's going to be. Yeah, appreciate it, Ben. Uh, ben, it, it, you know, again, he brings a good point. Like it, it, it to help out. Like it, it, it's something that will help out players coming in to to have them prep and it makes them a little bit more desirable. He's right. You come into these contracts, and I mean, honestly, without any animations, I mean, he is down there compared to your others, like your Reggie Streeters, your Robert Redfords, right? Um, and it, it, you can, I think, again, you could do that. It's just where to to a point where does that really help them out? Because then somebody might be like, well, they're too high, right? But to me, like, I gave the example for us. Like, he would have been, I, I really did not think he would ever be there. That's just transparency, right? Because he was such a good player. I mean, this dude's coming in at a 95 contract, right? When rookies last season were coming in at 82. So you put that in perspective, right? And that's Scott Johnson who came out. Um, That was um, Cairo Martinez, I think, was either 82 or 88. So you have these players who came out last season, but Ike McBride, Right, came out at 88. So he's coming better than any rookie, regardless of whether they were in the, uh, the supplemental draft or not, to be better. But ben, uh, uh, ben Jackson brought in a good point, saying, hey, if we were able to give him some animations and things of that sort, he might even be even more desirable. People will start considering, okay, do I want this person or that? But we do have situations, right, that we could talk about, such as the signing of Colin Hart, that I know was the dagger that people didn't didn't really enjoy, and, and I know people weren't too happy that we went ahead and selected Ezekiel Love. But Ezekiel Love played the position last season, right? So I don't think people were too mad in that situation, but they were a little bit mad at the people who are able to transition from fullback to halfback. And I know that was a big thing as well last season for us when John Trusman decided to go from fullback to halfback. And people saying, oh, man, that took an opportunity and things of that sort. So I think it's going to be very difficult. And it's a great idea that 
Ben Jackson again. Ben Jackson, thank you again for, for being our first caller ever to to call in. We definitely do appreciate it. But I, I think, again, we'll never really find a perfect scenario. I think we're just going to find one where it at least makes it more enjoyable and comfortable to come in versus, you know, right now the current situation where there are 24 running backs that aren't able to find a home and there's going to be just two quarterbacks coming in who will. So be very difficult, but let's, let's actually segue into that. So the draft, right? The draft is coming up this, uh, December 19th. I don't have the time as of yet. And I don't think, uh, Ben, have you seen anything drop about the time? I believe it's starting at seven o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. Um, on Saturday. Okay. Um, so I, I can check. O'clock. It's on the website. Okay. Just give me a moment. Yeah. I can check on the yeah, website. Yeah, take a look and see. So we, we actually, as we were on live on air, uh, just got a, um actual drop from uh, Deep Goat, right? Uh, actually, it's question mark Deep Goat. And he just dropped his uh, most recent. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Deep Goat. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Deep uh, uh, question mark Deep Goat is going to remain anonymous uh, for for what uh, they have told me. I will not confirm whether it's a he or she, um, but but uh, question mark Deep Goat is uh, it just dropped a mock, so that is live. So we'll, we'll react to that currently, and then we'll talk about some other as well, and and kind of see exactly how do you guys feel um, this kind of plays out, and does you, do you think this really meets? the needs of, of some of these team members um, as well. So um, do you have that time, by any, Ben, before I get started? Uh, I cannot find the uh, – oh, here we go. Hang on, just give me one second. Pull on it. Yeah, I see seven. All rounds. Yeah, seven We'll start at 7 p.m. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 7 p.m. And um, Chris Curtis is running the show. Um, on Saturday as the head of uh, analyst or hosts. Okay. Uh, okay. A couple other and our actually our owner, uh, Jacob Bouvet, will be I think part of the panels one of those days as well. So it's going to be very yeah, interesting. Um, I think did it show, did they announce that already? What what day he's taking? Yeah, um, he'll be on the Sunday with Ashley Jackson, okay. Coach Christian, and Tyler Folk. Man. Some uh, some sexy voices over there. Okay, so so they didn't get this one sexy voice here, but it's okay. I'll be at work. So, um, so first draft pick, right from San Diego? Uh, question mark Deep Goat has Mike Ryan, strong safety from Memphis, going to uh, San Diego. Now he writes, San Diego enters the draft with the most uh, of the most of their glaring uh, needs met. They figured to pick up a couple of starting safeties at this point, but need, uh, but either a nickel DB or the third linebacker is possible later on. They could go into a few different directions, but Mike Ryan, Tyler Falk, um, has made a name for himself in ways that uh, that will make him a hot commodity early in the first round. So if for folks that don't know, Tyler is part of uh, Dave Axis' show, Axis Live, which is every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, he does uh, announcing for the SFLM, right? So he does a lot of key things in this draft that makes him very desirable. Now, if we look at who San Diego has signed already, right, and let me try to see if I can pull this up uh, quickly. 
San Diego has signed, and geez Louise, somebody decided to use this on the wrong thing. So we have uh, Javier oh, Vasquez. The highlight. Right? <laughs> yeah, the highlight is just ridiculous. Jalen Wells, Ryan Owens, Connor Weston, uh, Shea Carroll. So their their wide receivers are amazing. Uh, Optimus Klein at tight end. That leaves openings of offensive linemen. Then they got a kicker already, which Nico Cappuccino. Uh, Ron Huff of the uh, as a Q, uh, quarterback, Jacob Clear as a quarterback, Joe Duncan as a DN, Denzel Maverick as a DN, DT Mufasa Kamau, uh, KT Slayer at DT as well, and then we have uh, Carson Miller as a linebacker and Pete Mitchell as a linebacker. So currently that leaves either a nickel cornerback or a free, uh, second free safety, a free safety, and a strong safety. So that would be a very good place for uh, Tyler to fall, giving him an opportunity to get not somebody who simply on stats will be good, but will also make a name for San Diego and helping that brand even establish themselves even more. Uh, But do you guys feel like that would be the right move there, or do you guys any other move San Diego could do in that moment or maybe another player that might be a little bit better of a uh, fit for San Diego in that first first number one pick. I mean, it seems like in most of the mocks that they're going to go defense, whether it be secondary, whether it be front seven. Defense is going to be the target that they're really trying to kind of kind of bolster. So I think this selection is good. I think anywhere in defense is good for San Diego because that's that's what win you games. That's what win you championships. You want to get your defense settled first. Yeah, yeah. I think their offense is set, so they're definitely going to go defense. I would go probably to either Tyler Falk or um, Mike Ryan's a good pick too. So um, you definitely got to go defense. So O line, I think, can wait till the second or third round. Um, but I would try to get defense first. Okay. Now, Deep Goat is similar to uh, what was that that character's name from? Geez, it was a car show. And I can't think of it. I don't know why I'm having a blank. It was an English car show where they would drive different cars. Um, and they had that one guy who was always under a helmet. Does that sound the familiar? Gumbar? No. It, you know what? You guys are going to make me go into my Netflix and try to find this. Um, <laughs> but they have a character there that always – he always has a a helmet on – it's a black visor, right? You never know who that is. Deep Goat is that same person for us. So when Deep Goat drops some knowledge, we're going to go ahead and drop it for him, uh, for them, uh, excuse me, because uh, I think it's going to be a huge hearing what Deep Goat is providing for the Inside the League family, right? Now, looking into other people. So we have Jason Miller's um, number one pick for San Diego, and they're going with Devin King, right? So they said San Diego looks to bolster their up um, after much time spent on their free agency on offense, uh, grabbing the top linebacker in the SFLM who will become their leader in the linebacking court. So what do you guys think about it being more of a linebacker such as Devin King, who right now rates as the number one linebacker coming out of the SFLM rating-wise? I would assume you would get the best available player. I would assume you would want to get the the top player right now, you either have Mike Ryan or you have Devin King. If I was San Diego, who's ranked higher? Because obviously, like I said, defense is defense is what they got to get. 
who's higher ranked. Do you want to go with the best available in any draft? So I think you have to make that decision. Who's more valuable and who's the best available player in that number one spot? And it could be exactly what – we don't know exactly what San Diego wants to accomplish, right? Um, we don't know if they – what their goals and their ambitions and their things that they want to do. So this can be open to interpretation. Now, the crazy part is whatever San Diego decides to do at number one may determine or dictate how other teams draft, right? Uh, looking at to the next mock, which I don't unfortunately have – see who created oh, Hold on this one, one second, Nelson. We have a caller on the line. Caller to 608. What's your name? What's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? This is uh, David Leathers, uh, calling from Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, welcome, hey, David. Going on, welcome David. to the show. What's, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I just had a, just a quick point to make. Uh, you guys were talking about kind of like the log jam at, at offensive positions earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really new to, uh, the SFL or SFLM, I guess. And even I saw that, um, when I joined up, um, like when I had first joined the league, uh, I had a team reach out to me and let me know they need a kicker right off the bat before I'd even made my player, you know? So it was, <laughs> it was obvious that kicker was in demand. And then just looking at the list of pos- available positions, uh, pretty much every offensive position was fully filled. So I didn't even have, uh, you know, I, I came in wanting to play safety, but I didn't even have the option of picking, uh, you know, QB, running back, tight end, even in the SFLM. So um, I definitely am seeing what you guys are talking about. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, you again. Uh, well, yeah, real, quick, ahead, real quick, I want to ask a quick follow-up. Um, David, would you would you want to see a rule change, or is it like are, are you open to having an, a change in how things are done, or – you just like you just do the best you can if you're a rookie, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand that you know offense is always going to be you know something people want to do because uh, you know those like even in real life I think people like to have the ball and you know rack up stats and stuff like that. So I don't know I don't I, I don't know that I have the the solution to it necessarily, but um, yeah I mean there, there's got to I feel like there must be a better way of doing it because. Like, for me, I, I've played one game in the SFLM, and I'm going into the draft now uh, as, you know, as a safety. And it seems like I have a pretty decent shot of even getting picked, even though I just got here, versus that, like, I forget the name of the guy you were saying, but the guy who played two seasons, right, at, at, uh, at quarterback or in one of the skill positions, and they might, they might go undrafted. So that seems a little, you know, it seems unbalanced. Cool. Thanks for your call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again for calling in. A lot of, a lot of opinions so, on this tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and look, I appreciate everybody who calls in. Um, it's definitely appreciated. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's great to hear other folks share their opinions because, honestly, this is what this is for, is allowing everybody an opportunity to come in here, share what they think, listen, and, and, and give feedback because, again, I think we allow different viewpoints that maybe we can come up to a solution when it comes down to any issues or come up with ideas together. Cause I always tell my team, I can't always come up with the solution. Um, and, and that's why I kind of need that feedback. So uh, appreciate it again, David, for calling in. Uh, we definitely do appreciate you now looking, going kind of back into the, uh, the draft, right? We talked about uh, what San Diego was doing. So somebody here has, 
San Diego taking Christopher Magel, right, from the Salt Lake uh, Salt Lake uh, wrestlers. We have Mike Ryan again, and this is on uh, Frank Wade's uh, draft that he dropped, which he had uh, Mike Ryan going first. And then we have on another draft, which I wish I had who made this one, but this one has linebacker Maverick Hughes. So it looks like, again, throughout the th- the four – or I'm sorry, five drafts that we have here, it looks like they feel confidently, based on what San Diego has done with the free agency, that we will go with some type of defensive player, whether that's Mike Ryan, whether that's uh, uh, Devin King, uh, Maverick Hughes. And Mike Ryan was mentioned on two, so that could be, you know, again, folks feeling that way, uh, up to Christopher Magel. I think that's a, it's an interesting fact, and I think a lot of folks are feeling that they're going to go uh, defense number one. Now, if that ends up being the case, that leaves D.C. next. And D.C., on this mock here from Deep Goat, um, is Kevin Say running back. So he wrote here, or they wrote here, I'm sorry, uh, D.C. already signed shouldn't uh, Terrigan or Targaryen, hopefully I say it right, at RB position. But could bring in a high-rated running back to take the bulk of the carries while uh, Terrigan uh, develops, right? There's no way they're going to do that. No way they're going to do that. I can tell you why. It's a little difficult. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're they're running a type of offense where they're not going to really need a running back. They're running that, like, I think San Diego – 1970s offense where they're not going to be relying mm-hmm. on the running back too often this year. So I, I'd want them, and I saw in another draft talking about water or draft, mock draft, uh, talking about like a wide receiver. Um, I would definitely go with Riley Quintero, who had like almost 100, over 180 yards in the SFLM championship game. That's a guy I would look at and say, you, you pick that person because he's, he's he has the record for most receptions most yards in the SFLM season. So, you know, he's, he's done really well this year. So I would, if I were DC, I would go with Riley Quintero. Now that's a great segue in case I'm going to let you answer as well, but we have Jason Miller's um, uh, mock having Riley Quintero as mm-hmm. well as yep. uh, Frank Wade with Riley Quintero at number two. The other drafts have, um, and I wish I had made this one, but this one has, D.C. taking Maverick Hughes at number two. And the next draft has them taking, actually, Deuce Finnick. I think this is the son of Ace Finnick going to the Dragons. So it looks like a lot of folks are feeling like D.C. will try to go ahead and bolster their offense in one way, shape, or form. It being a running back, which we don't see it being a plausible. Now, again, I, I don't know, you know, exactly what Deep Goat would, if he knows something we don't, right? You know, Deep Goat has experience in this league farther than just being in the in the front office, right? But Deep Goat mm-hmm. writes this maybe knowing something that we don't know, right? But then, and by the way, the show I was talking about was Top Gear, and I was talking about the Stig. So Deep Goat is Top Gear, the Stig. If you, if you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you guys seen Top Gear to know the reference. If not, I, I apologize. I, I, I think I see that too. Yeah, it's like a British, it's a British show, right? It's a British show where they drive cars, right? And they have yeah. Stig, who's somebody you don't know who it is, who, you know, who's it is. So Deep Goat is our Stig. But anyways, um, it looks like, again, we, we had kind of one person choosing defense for for uh, D.C. 
um, who already has, and we, we didn't even get a chance to talk about DC signings, but DC signings has um, currently at the moment as it stands, let me get to DC really quickly, is I, I love who they, they've done with, with their backfield, right? So we already know that they signed um, Shabazz uh, Synergy, right? Uh, we have Suge, which we just talked about now, the running back. Kanye Rockefeller as full as free safety. Linebacker, they did sign uh, Chad Henderson. And then rounding it off as safety is uh, Jack Russell, who is an all-star coming from um, London. So they have kind of like two players right now on, on, on offense, and then they have three players on defense. So the odds are maybe they might try to balance that out and go offense first. If they do, do you feel like it could be Riley, or do you feel like there could be other uh, options as well? KT, if you want to answer that. I think, honestly, after watching Riley last night, I think he, this, he belongs in D.C., especially if they run that offense that they're going to run. Because I think Eric Coriel, I think, is the, the coach yep. in San Diego who ran an offense. That's the offense that Riley needs to be in to be the guy that he was last night. So I think D.C. would do themselves a service to pick him up at number two. And I think last night, really, we knew how good he was. I think last night showed how great he could be. So I think D.C. needs to get Riley at number two. Yeah, I think if they if they aren't going to go Riley, I think Josh Gill is another person who could potentially uh, he did very well, right? Fifth in receptions, if I'm not mistaken, when it comes down to uh, to that. I'm not sure the type of receiver they may be looking for, right? So I guess maybe understanding that they could go ahead and bolster that and get a number one wide receiver, but that would be the other person I'd probably consider. Uh, do you have anybody Ben that you may think as well that could fit that mold as well? I, I'd say Josh Gill, but is there anybody else? Um, let me see. I don't know. I, I, I just really like Riley Quintero there. I don't know. Um, I, I, I guess for what he brings to the time. table. Um, I also see uh, one talk about Nate Ritters um, from San Diego, going to San Diego, but I, I, I'm really set on Riley Quintero going there. I, I just feel like he's a perfect fit for that offense. You know, he's fast, speedy, and can move down the field and, you know, get open. Yeah. I think Riley would be a, 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 a I don't want to say so much of a steal, but has definitely made themselves into a um, a huge asset, right? And I, want to, I also want to shout out um, we got the pronunciation in. Uh, somebody was kind enough to uh, go ahead. Robert Garrett Jr. was the one that reached out to me and let me know. It's Terrigan. Just said like that, Terrigan, not uh, Terrigan or whatever thing. So hopefully I said it right this time. Uh, but I appreciate, Robert, for you looking out and, and, and sending that to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, again, you know, it makes sense to kind of start off because I know um, uh, Destro has mentioned, hey, I, he wants to have a very powerful throwing offense. And to do that, you're going to nef- definitely need a wide receiver that makes that happen. So, um, awesome stuff, awesome stuff there. Um, looking into number three, right? So, at number three, we have our Portland Fleet. Now, at our Portland Fleet, uh, they have us either taking Ragler Law, 
at CB. This is what D Goat has us taking. So Portland has 18 players under contract and is likely to select a nickel or linebacker three. Offensive alignment is possible, but they didn't use one last season. Given their four D, uh, defensive linemen and third linebacker would likely not play in their nickel package. Bragler Law is a top-rated DB and had an SFLM high 13 passes defended. Uh, next person, uh, Jason Miller's uh, draft has at, uh, Portland taking uh, uh, Mike Ryan as a strong safety. So letting Mike Ryan slip through uh, this far is exactly what Portland wants. Before I wrote this, I was thinking running backs, but with Ezekiel Love signing, my feeling is that this is the place Mike Ryan would go. Portland could possibly use a boost in the secondary, which was torched last season. Uh, this person has us taking Josh Farnsey, the linebacker from Birmingham. Uh, Frank Wade has us taking, and again, he I think he actually needs to update this, but at this point he had us taking Kevin Stane. This is part two, the Ezekiel Love signing. So we're going to go ahead and pass on to that one. And then on, on this one here, they have us and Greg McDonaldson, uh, the offensive lineman from the Salt Lake Rustlers. He's the uh, center for them. Us taking that three. So how do you guys feel um, – the, with the explanation that some of these people have provided is accurate, do you think that that we could go in that in that direction, or do you think that again, what what do you what are your thoughts on what Portland may be doing? Uh, I am going has I'm putting my analyst hat on. Not a Portland Fleet player. Um, defense, and I said this before about San Diego's big defense in ball games. Um, Portland struggled defending the pass. They gave up over 3,000 yards, a little over 3,000 yards passing last year. The secondary seems to be the spot where, I say Portland has an analyst, that Portland would probably look at the most is a secondary to shore that up to kind of, it seems like the front seven is set. It seems like the back end is where, um, where the team might look. I'm trying not to say we, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, what do you what do you think of that Portland may do in this situation? And again, if folks want to call in, we had had a couple callers before you get started, Ben. Uh if you need the number, it's five one six four one eight five four six seven or join us on our Discord channel, search inside the league, or reach out to Ben, myself, or K T and we will be happy to get you on there so you can chat it up uh and ask any questions on there. But go ahead, Ben. I definitely would he has a third pick in the draft. I would go with corner. Um, you already have two corners, but just to, to solidify that secondary with the pick, I would I would certainly go corner. You can probably wait. I, I, I obviously don't know what Portland is going to do, but um, I would wait to draft a linebacker until the second round. Um, or do we have an? I think we have another pick to end the first round too. Do we? So I, I'm we not have sure. Two. But. We we, we two, do okay. have two. Uh, we have the third pick in the draft and the twenty fourth pick in the draft. So we are in the top of the draft and on the bottom of the draft. So twenty four. I would actually go with the offensive line. Not 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 going to lie there. I think the offensive line is going to be key this year, and there's a, not a lot of players there. Um, so I would definitely because there's a ton of linebackers already. So. I would wait for linebacker till the second round, um, and, and go cornerback then O line because you definitely need an O lineman. Just, 
get one before they run out because there's not many. Yeah. And, and again, right, I think they're taking a lot of the information from last season, right, where we did have a third linebacker. Um, and Bob moving to free safety, I know that's definitely something that they're seeing that we can do there. I don't, I don't disagree with the whole offensive line. Uh, the thing about the offensive line this time around is that you're, you're very limited on offensive linemen. You only have one, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. And and honestly, <laughs> that makes it a little bit difficult with trying to choose. And you can, it's like you're in that situation where you could choose this person, and they could work out, or you could choose this person, and they don't work out, and now you're in a situation where you don't have any other options, right? So, again, whatever Portland decides to do, um, and, again, I have to take off my GM hat for this, right? I would say it would be smart to go ahead. And this is off GM, right? So this is not Nelson Lozano, the GM. This is Nelson Lozano, the analyst. But it would make sense to go ahead and, and do a offensive line, right, to, to improve that and bolster that offensive line to get opportunities for Kevin, uh, for uh, Ezekiel Love or um, – or, or you know, uh, uh, John John Truesman, right? Uh, our our halfback and our fullback to be able to go ahead and and get that done. So, um, moving forward, right? Because again, we we're not going to stick on Portland, and I don't think we'll have the time to really get to everybody. I think this one we we'll probably only get to the ten, um, honestly, without respectfully giving everybody their time back for the day, right? But we look at the next team, which is London. So we have uh, Deep Goat choosing London to take uh, Hubba K- uh, Kimbrell, right, the fullback. So uh, London bids farewell to their fullback and their tight end this offseason. I see them grabbing one of those positions to give themselves more flexibility with their offensive personnel. This pick could be a kicker, but I'm guessing that they would have kept uh, JT Dunley there if they prioritized that position. Now, Miller has London going with um, – Actually, yeah, he has London going with Jack Lewis, the kicker. So London will be looking for a special teams for their first pick. With JT Dun, uh, Dun, uh, Dun, why can't I read today? JT uh, Dulaney, did I say that right? Maybe I, I, I don't know. I can't read today. Uh, moving the punter, and this seems like a no-brainer. So we have another kicker uh, potentially being looked at there. They have Hubba Cabral uh, going on this draft at number four. We have uh, Jack Lewis again on Frank Wade's draft, and then uh, Jack Lewis again at number four. Now, do you feel like they would prioritize having a kicker at this time? I'm not sure how many kickers are available in the SFLM at the moment, which I can look up. One kicker. Just one, right? Yeah. do you feel, do you agree that that might be the choice and they go in with a generic take a chance and maybe get the kicker later on or do you think the kicker might go somewhere else and then now they're stuck with not having a a, a player brand kicker uh, or could they do something totally different yeah so i don't i don't know which chat i saw it in the SFL but they were talking about how there's a couple teams out there that do need kickers it's not just london um, and there's only one available kicker, surprisingly. Last year, there was like five or six, maybe even seven kickers out there. Um, yeah. So, well, I think this year, since there's only one kicker, and it's going against every ounce of my being to say this, but I would probably draft a kicker if you truly need that, if that's the way they're going to go, unless they want a generic. But since there's only one kicker, 
And I, I don't think uh, I would never draft a kicker in the top ten. And I, I just wouldn't do that. I don't think it's smart. I think there's other positions that they need. But if they truly think that a kicker is going to help them win games and not they're not going to go the generic route, then you 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 know you pick the kicker here. But I, I wouldn't do it personally because I don't think kickers are you know worthy of a top ten pick. But that that's just my opinion. Not not because of who they are, but just kickers are kickers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, I agree. I feel, yeah, I, 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 London, I feel like there's a lot of spots, there's a lot of need with London. I feel like a kicker wouldn't be, I kind of go with Ben, would not be my first thought in, you know, a top five pick, a kicker. I feel like you would want to get a skill position player. You want to get someone on defense. You want to get something that's going to have that immediate impact, and I don't think a kicker is, is going to make that impact. So I, I would probably look in a different direction than a kicker and, you know, maybe take your chances with generic and see what happens. True. I do want to talk about who London has had signed. And uh, we didn't go over Portland, and I probably should have, but, again, you, I, and Ben are all Portland players. So we know, and, and, and I'll probably go afterwards when we get to – if we – depending on how far we get tonight. But – uh, London has signed Angus uh, Angus the QB, Robert Merrill to running back, Dustin Zach as running uh, wide receiver, Vin Calia as wide receiver, and they just signed Saren Storm again, who was with Louisiana last season, but the season prior was with London. Uh, Benji Matson at, at tight end, and there's a second tight end position that's open with the kicker. Uh, we have Brandon uh, e- Ewing uh, at QB, Tanner Hendricks at QB, I'm sorry, QB, cornerback. Uh, What's wrong with me? Uh, Dean Sami at DN. Uh, then they signed Chris Joseph, DN, who was with um, with Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, William Davidson at DT. Then Chad Rowland brought his player back out of retirement, and he's the DT on that line. We have uh, Marquise Reed at free safety. Then they have that open, other open position at free safety. Jeff Gagne, uh fellow and alumni at linebacker, uh, Telemac Scarborough at linebacker. They signed a new safety, which ends up being uh, Barry uh, Barkley from um, Denver, and then rounding it off was that JT uh, Dulaney, who is now their punter. So going from kicker to punter is what, is what he ended up going I don't, I don't understand why, team, I, why a team would sign a punter to that kind of contract. They're a punter. You you, you need that cap room for other positions. Uh, they have they're already at thirteen forty five and the limit's fifteen something, right? So that's sixteen fifteen forty five. So that's sixty five points that you could use at another position. I, I there's nothing wrong with a punter, but just go generic. I don't understand I don't get it. I I really don't. And there's nothing against punches, but you don't need a yeah. Ben, Ben, I'm getting a distinct feeling. I'm getting a distinct feeling that you hate kickers. No, I I, just, I they're okay, but I don't get the. I wouldn't waste that much cap. And this is coming from a person that was a non-contracted punter. It's the, the position doesn't do much. Like you punt the ball, unless they're they're thinking that they're 
offense isn't going to be good, so they need to punt the ball far down the field to help their defense out. But I, I just – I don't get the I, – I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that, That, but that's just me as a, as a person. I'm just not a big fan of giving kickers or punters big contracts like that. I don't know. And we have, we have a reaction yeah. to yeah. that. Uh, uh, Cam Curtis. A listener said <laughs> – yeah, kickers are people too. Okay, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure John, uh, David John, our kicker, is going to have a lovely conversation with you on our sidelines. Say, man, am I not a person to you, Ben? <laughs> but I think I think it's it. There is a strategic strategy to having a a one. If you do want to have a kicker who you know is a player, there's a strategy. I mean. David John is a silver kicker, and he has put us in positions at times to, to, for us to get the the you know at least on the scoreboard right when the offense couldn't get it done. And yeah. as a punter, now the punter situation, I, it really depends on what you're trying to do, right? We have a generic punter, and at times he put us in positions that were really good that we didn't feel like we needed a player to be in that situation, right? But yeah. folks like Florida. Right, who have a a punter who is a player, I can see their point because then they get to progress, and you have a puncher who is more consistent around, again, where they position the ball and where they can be. Now, each team has their strategy, and again, we only have 20 roster spots to fill up, but if it's a need, then they could definitely go with the kicker with Jack Lewis, which, again, is the only kicker available and maybe pick up a free a fullback afterwards because I don't think I think there's only two fullbacks this season. Is that correct, or is it just um, is it just uh, 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 Hubba who's the uh, the only one available? Does anybody know? I think there's not. I'm looking at right now. See, it's it's not me against the puncher, but wasting 65 points on a punter. I don't understand that. Like, you need other positions. You're in rebuild mode, and I don't think punter is going to help you win a championship if you're going for that. Like, I don't I – don't, 65 is just way too much. Like, Las Vegas put 44 points in their punter. I think 44 to 55 is a good point for punters. Maybe even 60 with Marcus Agrippa. But 65, that that's way too much. Sorry, but that, that's – Please direct all kicker <laughs> hate mail to Ben Warner. <laughs> You can hit him up at ben.warner at insidetheleague.com. Like, no. <laughs> um, no, and you know what? Uh, Deep Goat gave us some great knowledge again. So, um, question mark, Deep Goat says three fullbacks, and he's correct. We got uh, uh, Charlemagne Cornelius. Um, we have Hubba K- uh, Kimbrell and Nick Hoagland. I don't know why people want to make my life difficult on reading today, but I'm showing that the Los Angeles County um, public system is not the best. I'm not just kidding. But there's three options there, right? So with three options being there and only one kicker, then, yeah, I can see where they're talking about, hey, maybe later on in the line you get a kicker now because that gets the need out of your way. And then that gives you the opportunity to either get yourself that tight end that you want, which in this draft, there is a lot, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's ten tight ends at the moment. And there's some great names on here, too. Don't get it wrong. Will Todd is a great name. Um, Ziggy uh, Hornick did really well. Uh, Dr. Lauren Percoco was amazing as well. 
Jason France played well. Uh, don't forget Guy Clawson did Guy Clawson. Is, is out there as well, being out there. So you have a lot of great names that are out there. So if you if you look at it and you're like, hey, definitely trying to see what's out there, the, the position that has the most opportunities to get addressed is kicker because they current, there's only one option from there. If they miss out yeah. on that, then, yeah, that means they're going to go with the generic, um, and they still need to get themselves other positions of well-need uh, looking at who they have signed. So let's move forward now off of London and go to the next one, which is at number five, which is the Desperado. So uh, Deep Goat has uh, Tulsa uh, taking JQs, right, the quarterback. So Tulsa can have their pick of the litter at QB. And JQ uh, has all the tools you could look for. If they are indifferent on the top three QBs, they could go tight end. Now, uh, Jason Miller has Tulsa taking Colin Pierce at QB. So Desperados are looking for their franchise QB after Nickens wanted to test free agency. Now they're looking towards the future with the QB with a ton of upside. I like the selection here as I could hear uh, a lot of uh, – I, I could hear a lot – of Pierce to Manning TD calls in the future. So they, there's two mocks having them take a quarterback. Uh, on this mock here, they have Tommy, Tommy Utah from the Salt Lake Rustlers going at number five. We have uh, Christian, uh, Christian Brown at number five for Tulsa. And then that leaves here JQ again at this next one here. So we have two for JQ, one for Christian Brown, one for um, Tommy Utah. So it looks like everybody's feeling like the Desperados could go QB here, um, and they have their choices of anybody else with JQ getting the, the nod with two votes. So what do you guys feel like, since they lost Deacon Nickens to free agency, could that be the number one move that they they can go for? Tulsa currently has had signed, let's see here, uh, while I'm pulling this up, what do you guys think? Nope, don't, don't pick quarterback. There's so many quarterbacks, you can wait till the second or third round. You just can. Um, I would go they, – they they have a lot of open positions on defense. Uh, I I would either go cornerback or free safety because there's just a ton of cornerbacks and free safeties that you can choose from in the top five. So don't, don't go yeah, QB. Yeah, so I haven't, and, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard some of the names neither. If they need free safety, I mean, you still have Bernard. Uh, that's on there, right? Um, mm-hmm. yep. But I haven't heard anybody really speak of at the moment. Uh, other free safeties that are potentially Peanut out Say. there as well. You said who? Peanut Say. Peanut Say, Peanut Say I think you have can... out there. Yep, you also have Eric Gugger, who's the second time around in the mm-hmm. minors, mm-hmm. who's right now leading off at a 68.36 with Bernard uh, Smith the fourth over here at 68.28. Uh, and definitely a little bit taller than uh, Gugger as well. Don't forget Emmanuel Blackman as well, coming at 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, right behind them. And, again, Peanuts say. And there's some other people, too. R.D. Smith did very well. Um, we also have Evan Lacey here, who's another player from San Jose that did great. Josh Rowe. Josh Rowe is a, is, is a really good free safety as well from the, uh, the uh, Naples Navigators. So there's a couple options on here that really uh, that can speak out that Tulsa can go for. Uh, Tulsa also needs tight end help and DT help. So there's a lot – and cornerback. So they can go with – like, again, we talked about Ragler Law or Adam Leach. 
or any of those people as well. So Tulsa has honestly some options here depending on what happens with the other teams, right? Um, we all know Portland could take an option at QB, uh, sorry, a cornerback, which we see here that some folks are thinking that may happen. And this could give an opportunity for them to maybe get somebody if those teams above them don't decide to grab anybody. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts of what Tulsa may do? I, I, I agree with you because not many teams need QBs. I think that they could maybe get a QB later on, similar like what happened to Dynasty. Dynasty got picked up, if I'm not mistaken, in the second round. Um, round yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that gives them an opportunity to go ahead and, and, and get somebody of the caliber in the other positions and then come back later to get their QB since there will be no threat to them other than the other team that needs needs one now. Uh, we do have something from Cam Curtis that I do want to kind of react before we continue on. So perhaps the trend continues last year and teams will wait until a few rounds uh, on QBs because there are so many. There are not many uh, old lineman coaches, and teams are all wanting one. So that's a very good point that he brings up, and the same thing that we kind of talked about here, that they have other options that they can choose from. Now, again, if Greg McDonaldson does fall, that could be another option there is trying to find get him involved, and maybe, maybe the people, teams might look at him as an offensive lineman coach, right? But, again, I think we all are in green. QB this early? It's, it's the, and the thing that we have to understand, too, this is not like the NFL, right? In the NFL, you're always trying to get your, your, your franchise QB, all right? First mm-hmm. rounds, it's always the, that here. We are in a different standpoint, and we see that even last season. I know a lot of people question why Vegas went with um, Otis Boudreau, right? But, again, if a player is in value and it's a need for you, it doesn't matter where they get picked up as long as they – uh, fit what your strategy is and what you're trying to do for your team. So, um, KT, who do, what are you thinking? Uh, you, you hear Ben's thoughts of saying, hey, not going to QB this early, and we hear the same thing from Cam Curtis. What else could you say uh, is uh, could, could Tulsa do in this situation? I actually – I'm actually going to disagree with both of you, and I think they should go quarterback. Ooh. I think if you're looking for the franchise, Ooh. the face of I franchise – I think you go right in. I think I think JQ is one of the guys. I mentioned P.J. Slaughter at the beginning of the show. I fell in love with P.J. Slaughter last night, and I think the way he moves yeah. in the pocket and loots the pass rush, I think that would be a good selection. Um, I also like – there's another quarterback on the list that I saw, and I, I can't find him now. Uh, Christian Brown? Go, well, no, he was on, Christian he was on Brown, Birmingham side. Yeah, Christian Brown played himself out of the, the spot last night with four picks. I don't think he he will be a first round pick. I think it's JQ. I think it's PJ Slaughter. I think Tommy. I think even Tommy Utah might be the person too. So I think if you're gonna go and you're looking for your franchise quarterback, your face of your franchise, I think you have to get a quarterback now. And I think JQ, PJ Slaughter, and Tommy Utah might be one of those picks. Yeah, and if we I look think, at uh, the quarterback list before before you 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 share yours, um, Ben, it's, it's JQ, Spencer Gordon, JP Slaughter, Colin Pierce. Uh, Tommy Utah, Eric Price, O.J. Bruin, uh, Christian Brown, uh, Joseph Green, Scar Patterson, Johnny Reno, and then finally L.A. Rowe. So um, I think, again, it ends up being you've got all those options, right? And this is kind of what we brought back on the positions of the SFLM. So they have a lot of options. So you feel like it might be best to, 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 to – to strike while the kettle's hot and get your guy early and 
and often, um, it's going to be controversial because, again, with, uh, with the other needs that they have at the moment, it's going to be tough. The only other team that needs to get a quarterback is St. Louis. I think everybody else has their quarterback. Uh, and, yeah, that's, that's the only two teams that need a quarterback at the moment. Yeah, I so I, I the uh-huh. person that um, that I think they, no one's really talked about is La Rue um, from Annapolis. Yeah. Do you know his statistics? He's like he has. I know he's only played four games, but I think they had more than one quarterback, so that's why. Um, and they had to share the position. But if you look at his QBR, his QBR is the highest rated. He has the best completion percentage out of it, uh, anybody in the league. He's thrown eight touchdown passes to two interceptions. And comparing that to a guy like Christian Brown, I know he's played 10 games, or even P.J. Slaughter, who both have 23 interceptions, I would take a chance on L.A. I would. I really would. He's he's a quiet name, but, you know, his statistics have proven. Yes, it's not a big sample size, but I think the one thing that can hurt him is his, is his height. He's only at 6'2", mm-hmm. so that can be an issue. Um, but I, I would... Uh, he, that's a sleeper right there that I think could. Um, and, and you mentioned how St. Louis needs a quarterback. Uh, they they really need to find a quarterback that's going to stay there. I think that's the the biggest issue. Uh, it's not about the build more so the player staying there because the last, I think, four quarterbacks they've had or something like that have been one and done, and they've left. I just I I don't understand why quarterbacks are leaving there. Um, they they have really good ownership, um, and I, I just it's hard for me to understand why quarterbacks continue to leave from there when the ownership is good and the, the weapons are good too. They got Ego Mondavi, Phil Koss. so it's just it kind of boggles my mind a little bit that they have a quarterback need every year. So that's just my yeah. Opinion. We'll talk we'll we'll talk about St. Louis. Now who's on the board at number six is Los Angeles Lycans, which we have Riley Quintero uh, from Deep Goat going there. So he says he likes the Lycans idea of, ha- of adding Quintero, adding that firepower to L.A. passing attack. He is the top-rated wide receiver uh, who also uh, who only slides a bit due to solid depth in the, uh, in the pool of available wide receivers. Uh, Miller has them taking um, Chris Lee at wide receiver. And he's saying that the Lycans have a pretty solid group for their first season in L.A. Looking at the roster, it makes sense to take the talented uh, Lee from Tacoma, giving Sully Richardson another weapon at his disposal. Uh, can never be a bad thing. We have uh, Marco Swift as the cornerback, so we have one person saying Marco Swift may go there. Uh, we have Chris Lee again going on Frank Wade's uh, mock draft. And then here we have the Lycans taking Dan Tritt of the of uh, the DT for the Lycans. So what do you guys think about those options? It looks like it's a little bit all over the place, but they are thinking wide receiver most of them. I I like the wide receiver pick. I think the whole and I was going to get into this with the free agency. I think the whole Lycans situation is going to be interesting to see with it, it's a prior franchise becoming a new franchise with players with holdovers and new guys. So I think the whole situation in LA is going to be kind of interesting to watch. I think wide receiver is probably a good pick. You want to give Sully some weapons right off the top that he can work with, and I think it's it. I think wide receiver should be where to go here. What yeah, I would agree that? with that. Yeah, they need a wide receiver definitely. 
Sorry, I was looking at the San Diego Mavericks. I don't know why I was doing that, but um, I was about to say that they don't need a wide receiver, but I'm looking at Los Angeles and they have two open spots. So, yeah, uh, if if Riley Quintero falls, but Deuce Fennick I think would be good. Um, so let me pull up the wide receiver stats. Another guy, Nate if Riley, Ritters, I think. If Riley, falls, if Riley falls this far, it is a miscarriage of justice if he falls this far. Oh, that's what you get when you pick a kicker third. You gotta have someone fall. So <laughs> true. I think again, looks like folks are looking at Chris Lee, which again in this draft two. you have if they are gonna go with line with uh, and we're gonna see. Hold on, let's see who the like is that fine. So I would go with Tucker. If I was them, if he, he's a teammate of Riley Contrero, and he had over 900 yards, so I would go with him. I think he would be a good fit there. Yeah, and I think they're going saying they're going with wide receiver due to the fact that they only have one on the roster, which is LC yeah. Pryor, and then yep. two spots available right now if they do decide to run the three-receiver set. There are some teams out there that are running only two and keeping a generic at number three. But if they decide to go that route, like Chicago did before, who they used to be, then they have two open spots with a cornerback needed. And that's really it. Is it the cornerback spot and wide receiver spot for Los Angeles? So I think, again, those are really good choices. I don't hear nobody, again, maybe talking about some of the other wide receivers. Uh, It looks like when we look at the list, Unavailable wide receivers, we have, uh, let's see here. We have Deuce Finnick again, Michael Hammer, Nate Rudders, Josh Gill, Kyle Finnamore, Kelsey Brown, which Kelsey Brown had a really good game uh, prior to Chris Lee, Doug Spelling, uh, Jeff uh, Banfield, Ryan Roosevelt, Kay Marin, Maximus Blue, uh, Kennington Ellington. C.J. Arthur, and then Tucker Warner coming in as well. So I think, again, there's a lot of options in wide receiver, and we'll see exactly what ends up being the choice there. Kyle Finnamore would be a good choice, too. He averaged 17.7 yards per reception, had seven touchdowns. He's a speedy receiver, and I think he would fit well there, too. Um, with Sully Richardson, and he's 6'4", 217, so he has that height, too. So I think that would be a good pick by them, too. All right, perfect. Well, again, I think this is a good place to stop, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to go much farther from there. Again, thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Uh, definitely is appreciated. We're going to do these shows again, so the SFL Audible is going to be on every uh, Monday night from 10 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. We went a little bit over due to the fact of how many teams, Uh, but you will hear us every Monday uh, at this time, so we definitely do appreciate it. KT and Ben, do you have anything closing out? No, just uh, Uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Ben, I miss you, man. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. Next time I won't. I'll make sure I set my phone alarm trying to rely on my mom to try to (laughs) wake you up. But uh, I'll, I'll show up on time, and I won't. I won't be like Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in out of nowhere and giving a Stone Cold. Yeah, stunner. next time, next time that happens, we're gonna get the snippet of the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, 
intro when it just you know when yeah. the glass break. Yeah, that's what we're gonna have for you every it's time ben, that you're late. Ben Moore has arrived. So, um, if not, then maybe the heart kid. Um, you know, we could we could choose something like that. I don't know. I have to I have to decide which wrestler maybe puts you best. But again, guys, thank you again for joining us here on the SFL Audible. You guys have a wonderful evening. Take care. Thank you, everybody.